I feel that after this is all ended and people come out of lockdown, it's going to be, Joe, when you go back to school after mm. summer break and you can't write, yeah. <laughs> what's the, the spoken version of that? Because I think a lot of people are going to have it. Yeah, I don't really know. I guess it's just like social practices. Like, yeah. I don't really People know. are just going to be rusty in a social sense. I think it's a really apt comparison of when you go back to school and you can't write, you've not written in six, yeah. seven weeks. <laughs> yeah. Because people aren't used to communicating with people and they're not going to have actively had conversations with yeah. people for two months, three months in some cases. Like It's going to be really awkward. It's going to be great to just go through that process with everybody. And you're going to be able to tell as well who adhered to social distancing and who didn't. Yeah. Based on... Who you meet up with after it's all over and they immediately go for the hug. See, I think what's going to happen to me is I'm going to walk up to people and be like, also, who did the quiz this week? What is the deal with the quizzes? Like, it's all, it's what for me and like uh, my girlfriend Jenna, like we've figured it out, like it's the first port of call that everybody thought of. But now you can tell people are starting to edge away from it and find other things to do. It's all I've heard from all my mates when I've been asking, oh, do you want to go play some COD tonight? I can't, I'm having a quiz with my family. So why is everybody quizzing with the family? I think it's Who just started the easiest this? thing, like, it's the easiest activity to do over, like, a video chat. You think the easiest thing to do is have a conversation, but as but, we've discovered, track, we are not good at that either. I guess, like, it's just something to frame conversation around rather than just talking about being locked down every week. Oh, man, no, they should all be watching Netflixes together. Do you see that thing where it was um, Charlie Cox who plays Daredevil in the ma- the Netflix series? Oh yeah, yeah. He did a watch along with fans and he wore the mask. <laughs> he put the mask on and just sat down yes. in his house with that on. Like it is. Anyway, welcome to episode thirty-one. Yeah, thirty-one of the Carl's Corner podcast. After I would say a brief hiatus. Yeah, I yeah, summarised the, the hiatus we thought was brief. Is it been almost exactly a year? Uh, it. Ooh, it's been close to, surely. So we can probably get into that a little bit. If you've been listening to the episodes that were previously loaded, mm-hmm. um, that was for a service called Brew, which no longer... I think it still exists, but they don't pay me anymore, so fuck them. Uh, I uh, had a look up, and you can't actually like go on their website for any information. It redirects you to like the Buy Me A Coffee page now. Ah, uh, okay, because they also own that. But mm-hmm. um, they, they contracted me last year at some point to make a podcast for them, which we did. And then, as per the terms of the contract that I signed, when the if when or if the website folded, all the content we recorded reverted to me, which mm-hmm. is why most of it is now just on um, Spotify. And I was listening to some of it, not because I'm a self-centered ass who's narcissistic, but just to <laughs> double check. Okay, what was the format we do? Because we've not done this in a year, so yeah, I'll get back yeah. into something. I'll see how did I what was the introduction we'd do any in-jokes that we had just like try and get back into the swing of things and I noticed we talk about brew a lot we do and people yeah. listening to it like what the fuck is brew yeah this is on Spotify what the hell <laughs> it's pretty good so as per usual what are you drinking my friend uh, I'm drinking some apple and blackcurrant squash I'm drinking water yeah it's like I just had the discussion with Carl before we started recording I was like hang on like it's the middle of a Wednesday. <laughs> like, maybe if this is going to be a drinking podcast, maybe let's not do it now. Oh, that fell out of its ass. I tried to do that and then I realised. But listening back to the older podcast, something I noticed is I started almost every single one by saying, I'm so hungover today. 
so many of those podcasts start with me going, I'm so hungover. So I'm happy to announce for the folks listening now, I'm not hungover today um, because I think like everybody, I've cut down on my drinking mm-hmm. because we're stuck inside because yeah, this yeah. has been recorded during lockdown. Social distancing is still in effect. I've not seen another living soul um, that I know or have spoken to for more than five minutes uh, in over two months. It's, it's kind of crazy. And, like, how's that been for you? Because, obviously, you live in an apartment on your own. Mm-hmm. As... I've worked for myself for about 10 years at this point. Yeah. So, it's been fine for me. But what I'm really looking forward to, though, is after it, all social distancing um, comes to an end and we can all meet up with people, mm-hmm. having the conversation I know I'm going to have about four or five times, which will be, what have you been up to, mate? Not much. Yeah. But, even if... We'd not had a lockdown where you couldn't really do anything. I know that's exactly what friends I'd not seen for two months would say. Because <laughs> it's what you, as you mature into a man, you learn that whenever you get asked how you've been, regardless of whether it's been a week or ten years, you always say it's fine. Not been up to much. Been alright, yeah. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> I've never. I, there are friends I've seen after a decade and asked them what they've been up to, and they've responded not much. Yeah. Really? A decade? And it's not like, done anything? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I got married, had three kids, and I've been through eight different jobs. But yeah, not much. Not much, because it's the way. And you're like, oh, God. It's the man way to do it. But yeah, I've been holding up fine. I've been living on my own and working for myself for a while. So mm-hmm. all the stuff about working from home, and all the, there's a lot of advice people are giving out. Oh, here's how, you, here's how you separate your time. And I found it really pretentious. Well, you had people who presumably in the same position as me where I've worked, they've worked from home for a while, mm-hmm. acting really high and mighty about, here's how you separate work and home life. It's important to get dressed up to work, to make you feel like you've got some structure to your day. It's like, fuck you, just do it the way you want. <laughs> That's the thing is, I know um, a lot of people have said like, you know, for example, oh, make sure you, you know, you're waking up and doing like a schedule every day and do it the way I like to do it. But I'm reading all these going like, these are people that, you know, don't mind waking up and going to an office and doing office hours. Like, for me personally, I like to spend a bit of my morning chilling out and then jumping, like, on my PC for a few hours, relaxing for a few hours, maybe jumping on, doing a bit more at night and, like, having a bit more of a broken-up schedule. Whereas, like, that's not how I... I don't work in that, like, set of schedule kind of way. And that's going to be the future from now on. But it's been really interesting to see some of the responses to um, working from home becoming the norm. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are really mad about it. There was a great one, uh, was a great article I saw written by some knobhead lamenting the fact that people are wearing jogger bottoms and stuff at home and sweatpants and like just <laughs> casual clothing. And he wrote this really pithy article and it's going to annoy me that I won't be able to find it, but I will try my damnedest um, in a short while to Google and find the guy. Because his, his argument can be summed up as, it pisses me off that people don't dress up. Like, the suit is going away. And he's like, oh, I wear I still wear shoes when I'm inside the house. Oh, fuck off. And it was, and it was like, you, what are you, you idiot? You're wearing shoes inside your own home. Why <laughs> so would you're you... probably scuffing your own floor and everything. Because you want to feel better about yourself and that you're actively working. But I'm going to try and find it now. So, Lucas, just... While I do some uh, impromptu Google searching to try and find this article by this dude, what have you been like wearing during the social like you know isolation and the lockdown? Um, I mean, I've been pretty much wearing the same like rotation of clothing. I've got like a couple of jackets that I like to wear that are comfy. Mm-hmm. 
and either like pajama shorts or like denim shorts. So pretty much just a comfortable t-shirt, a comfortable jacket, and either my denim shorts have been in the office or switched to my pajama shorts when I'm on the sofa. And I don't give a fuck. I, the weirdest thing for me is because I've worked from home for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I, for many, many years, and even now, don't really like wearing loose-fitting clothing. I don't like wearing my gym clothes, like sweatpants, jogger bottoms, yeah, what have yeah. you, when I'm at home. Cause it, it just feels weird to me because I grew up uh, being very self-conscious. Cause I was mm-hmm. overweight as a kid, and then I was really, and I had a gross bit, was really skinny. Yeah. So for those two reasons, I hate the feeling of baggy clothes. Yeah, yeah. But when I got some, uh, I think I bought some like Pilates stuff. They were like yoga pants for men or something like that. But oh, okay. they're really tight fitting like gym clothes hmm. that I got because they've got um, zips on them, and they were like three quid. But I bought a couple of pairs of them, and I do like wearing them around the house because it yeah. feels like you are wearing nothing at all. Well, that's what nothing I was going to say. Nothing at all. It's like, men out there, probably most of you, have not felt what it's like to just wear some, like, leggings. But, dear God, they are comfortable. They are, yeah. And you can tell why women do them. Yeah. You can tell why women love that shit. Okay, so I found it. Right? Um, so this is an it was an article for the Los Angeles Times by one Adam and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this correctly to Sean. Okay. And it's been described in the article I'm reading right now as a harsh piece telling people who are working from home not to wear sweatpants. And uh, <laughs> he tweeted out enough with the WFH sweatpants. So work from home sweatpants. Mm-hmm. Dress like the adult you are being paid to be. Oh, God. And what I'm going to do now, Lucas, is I'm going to copy the image of this gentleman. Okay. So we're on Discord right now, correct? Uh, yeah, I'm on Discord. People, oh, to establish how we're doing this, I'm going to try. And, I'm going to try and paste this image. There we go. And I'm going to send you a picture. Um, this is the guy who wrote an article telling people how to dress like adults. Just describe him to the audience at home. I'm going to say like. <laughs> Just uh, first things for Lucas yeah. thoughts. Verbalise your thoughts. And remember, this guy wrote a very sternly worded article telling people to dress like so, an adult. So yeah, I'd say he's like, you know, a, a middle-aged white man and he's got like glasses on, you know, as as is standard. He's got the black framed, like, big glasses like I do. And then he's got a very, very colourful striped, like, button-up shirt on and, like, a sun hat. I don't know how to describe it, but like, yeah. A he looks like a douchebag. Is the way a it's small sun up. hat, but yeah, he he does not scream professional in that picture to me. No, he looks like a prick, and people dunked on him endlessly. Yeah, and the one that gets me, and I have it in front of me now, is I'm not taking fashion advice from a guy who looks like he runs the bumper boats at a segregation themed amusement park. <laughs> and it's just oh, it's so fucking so, brutal. Carl, in response, I'm going to show you what may be my favorite, like. I guess the antithesis of this. Okay, but no problem. It's not quite, but it's like a workaround in, a, in I guess, a sense. And I've just sent you the picture, and it's work from home jammies. Oh, I've seen stuff similar to this where um, they look like shirts from the top. Yeah, so they are pyjamas from, like, I guess the mid-torso down. But yes. upwards to your neck, it looks like a button-up white shirt. This is new, this is a variation on very old tech for people who've um, 
had to uh, telecommunicate. Because I've had to do some of this in my past, so writing mm. from home and working for a lot of companies based in America. I've had to do Skype calls and stuff with them. Yeah. And I had to do this so much that I hate Skype as a service and similar services of talking because there's always a very specific phrase that will be used and it would be, let's hop on a call, to which I would always respond, <laughs> yeah. fuck off. And now I am a self-made man, big dick YouTuber, every time I get approached by a shitty advertising company, trying to get me to shill some awful product, they always end, let's hop on a call and discuss it. It's like, nah, how about you send me an email, I'll respond to that. And yep. I used to do this tech of I would just put on a plain black t-shirt or a shirt, but then just wear like my pajamas or mm. in some cases just my underwear below because they'd call me at, like <laughs> the equivalent for me of like five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So I'm not getting up at five o'clock in the morning getting fully dressed, but I'll put a shirt on. And oh, it's nice to see that that tech has been improved upon. It has been, yeah. But I love the idea that this guy is so mad about the idea of just being comfortable in their own skin. Oh, and so he, and he, can't, he can't handle it. No. He's so angry. And the idea as well, it's like dress like the adult you're getting paid to be. It's like, fuck off. Yeah. I'm being paid for my expertise in whatever field I happen to work in. I'm, I don't have to dress. And I'm hoping after all this ends, people will learn like, yeah, the workplace, the workplace dress code is fucking bullshit. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Because I've had to work in a few places where they forced me to wear uniforms. And I get it, a uniform's one thing. But the inability to not even have any like, evidence of your own personality in the way you dress, yeah, it, it's soul-crushing as an adult. Mm-hmm. Like one of the places I used to work, and one of the things I used to like to do is um, I would wear a waistcoat. Yes. Because we had a choice, you can wear a black shirt, but I got told, stop wearing the waistcoat. Why? Because it doesn't match everyone else. Because, but, okay. I guess I won't wear this, but it's really handy because I can keep my bar blade and stuff in it, but sure. Mm. Um, and then another one was I had an apron and I specifically would wear uh, like a, a full, you got a choice between you could wear like the full apron and what I did is I folded mine in half and wore it as like a, a waist apron. So oh, yeah. you can see my shirt I'm wearing a nice shirt that you've made me buy for this job. <laughs> Sorry, Cal, you can't do it. You have to wear the full apron, but it looks so fucking shit. Oh God. I don't feel comfortable wearing it and it's baggy and everything because you, you buy one size fits all. Yeah, yeah. Or stuff like um, where they tell girls you have to have. Right, I get, you know, I have to have like, a single ponytail. But like, they're not allowed to dye their hair and stuff. I was like, come on, let's let them have some, like, let them have a personality. It's like, it's so fucking annoying. And you know, like, from me, I, um, when I left university, like, obviously we didn't see each other much as much because we weren't in the same city or working together like we are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, for like a good year or so, while I was trying to find work, had to not dye my hair. And it was soul crushing for me. And as soon as I got a job and it was like, oh, you're out of probation period, the first thing I did was like go to my manager and be like, can I fucking dye my hair, please? And they're like, we don't give a shit. Yeah, the, the company the I started no- working for was just like, yeah, whatever, we don't care. Nobody gives the slightest whiff of a foot and the people who do... Uh, thankfully in the minority now yeah nowadays yeah and they're actually actively being mocked yeah. oh you, you need to, like, this guy part of his article is oh, I, I have two pairs of shoes and I wear my outside shoes my inside shoes it's like no. are you an idiot he doesn't inside, say that he wears inside shoes I'll get the article up I'm hoping that this article is not behind a paywall I feel like it might be behind a paywall oh, 
I hate that shit. It's like, oh, nobody reads articles nowadays. Well, not if you put them behind a fucking paywall. So here we go. So would you like to read some with me, Lucas? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so we go. So this is um, Adam Tashawn, and he's the deputy fashion editor for the LA Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, I've waited, watched, and bit my tongue during the last month of the pandemic-induced work-from-home era. I just can't take it anymore. Can, please, can we all put away those sweatpants, the ratty grey, decades-old collegiate sweatshirts and obscure minor league baseball caps, and start our work days looking like we deserve the paychecks we're lucky enough to be earning while the world around us burns. Already, go and fuck yourself. Yeah, immediately, just fuck off. Because that is written... Oh, God, no, my phone's going off. I'll have to mute that bastard. Oh, That's okay. written... From the perspective of, you should be thankful that you have a job. And, like, I agree with that. I do. But at the same time, it makes you feel like... that you're, like, able to work for a a paycheck right now in the world that we're living in. But the fact that it's like, oh, this paycheck also has to come along with a a long list of pretension. Yeah, you should be, like, down... You should be bending over backwards to, lick the shit-covered boot heel of the company Mm -hmm. you're working for. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, please, please, thank you for paying me. Like, no, I'm, I'm being paid because I'm providing a service that they deem to be valuable enough to pay me to do from my house. It's, it's like, a two-way fuck street, off. yeah. Like, he just smacks off, you should be thankful to your corporate overlords. Like, nah, man, <laughs> fuck you. Bow down to big wongers. Especially for the love of all that's holy, there's a group video conference involved. How to dress for work when you're working home has been written about a lot over the last four weeks. Um, including a page of the Times when early taking the job, it says you don't really need to dress if you're going to the office. I couldn't disagree more. For me, the work from home wardrobe is all about the three R's ritual, respect, and reality. So, do you want to hear? So, we can go to ritual, but ritual is just like I wake up every day and put on the same things. Okay. I Which mean, I, I, I can agree the thing with is, you to a point. This is so cringe that I still want to know. Alright, so there we go. There's something inherently grounding about the daily ritual. I won't even consider p- punching the virtual time clock until I'm showered, shaved, and fully dressed. So, I can agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Shower, shit, shower, shave, and a wank. Start your day off right, folks. Oh, God, God. That's the way, isn't it? Is that not yours? Shit, no. shower, shave, and a wank. I, um... No. <laughs> it's just the way I've always, I've always just appreciated that wording. It's always been big giggle. I mean, the thing is... I, I shave in the shower for starters because like, I thought you were going to say I shit in the shower I have a beard like. so I only like shave my neck I um, shit in the shower I shit in the shower yes yes confirmed um, but I also showers make me dead sleepy so I get a shower at night to try and help ah, myself okay. get into a like a relaxed sleep it's just that one of those shit shower shave and a wank it's great <laughs> shit, shit shower shave yeah I agree with that like the thing is, I love how he's saying this as if it's a big, uh, this amazing revelation of, yeah, you should maybe shower when you wake up. Yeah. Uh, so today, for example, uh, here we go. So, um, oh, sorry, the fully dressed part. So this includes shoes, especially shoes, even if I don't intend to leave the house. Oh. Yeah, well... I, I don't get the idea of wearing shoes inside your house. One... I live in a flat. So if I wore shoes in my house, my my downstairs neighbour would come up and punch me. <laughs> because if I was walking around in trainers or something, they'd come up and smack me one. But I, I'm down, I can hear you. I yeah. can hear every step you take. So today, for example, I'm wearing black and red Czech Brooks um, Brothers non-iron button-down shirt, a pair of black Levi's 559 pocket jeans. The fact that he's saying the, um, the brands. Yep. Why don't you just say, I'm wearing a button-down shirt and jeans? Yep. He's naming everything as if it's a big deal. And it's Adidas like, oh, Samba, it has AV to be sneakers. Levi's. Oh 
God. Why don't you just say I'm wearing jeans? So basically he's wearing jeans and a button-down shirt. Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck? And then I'm wearing stance socks and black Adidas Samba AV sneakers. I wore some version of it yesterday, the day before, the day before that. I'm wearing some version of it tomorrow too, and every work day until it's time to return to the office. At which point I'll probably kick it up a notch by wearing a hat. Everyone knows that you can't wear a hat indoors, says the guy wearing shoes indoors. What? No, no. Go fuck yourself. Like, it is way more rude to wear shoes indoors than it is a fucking hat. Yeah. If someone walked into my house wearing a hat, and they kept the hat on, but if they kept the hat on and took the shoes off, that'd be one thing. If they came into my house, took the hat off, hung it up, and then kept their fucking shoes on, and yeah. walked around my house in shoes, I'd be pissed. Yeah, totally. I grew up in a household as well where, like, as soon as, like, we walked through the doors as kids, you know, it'd always be, my parents go, I'll oh, take your shoes off, put them, like, on the shoe rack, don't tread, like, dirt or anything through the house. It's one of the most universal rules in regards to politeness in someone else's home. Always take yeah. your shoes off. Always. And this guy's like, no, man, you've got to wear shoes indoors. And my favourite part about it is he's bragging about dressing like an adult. And it's like, I wore jeans and a shirt. <laughs> jeans and a casual shirt. That's what it. A good job. That's not dressing up. No. Je- like, I would argue jeans and a t-shirt is the exact same fucking level of effort put into your appearance. <laughs> but he's yeah, actually I- like, I put a button-up shirt on, I'm important. It's like, who cares? The thing is, if he's going to the point of saying, like, I'm fed up of people, like, not dressing professionally in his house, like, he should be wearing smart shoes and a suit if he's going to be writing a fucking article about it. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't want to give a shit. You smells well like, oh yeah, I'm wearing black Levi's Five Five Pocket Nine jeans. So he's not even wearing suit trousers or chinos. He's wearing no. jeans, which I know from experience um, are not um, professional wear. No, they're not. I know when I used to work in the restaurant industry, there's so many people try to get away wearing black jeans mm-hmm. instead of. And it's like, nope, can't get away with it because um, denim stains very easily and it fades. Yep. You know, material doesn't face. If you want to look professional, you got to do that. So, already he's wrong. So, uh, you're more than likely laughing at me right now. We are, mate. Um, sitting there in your yoga pants and your zip front Patagonia faux fleece, thrown over a Circa 2000 Coldplay concert t-shirt. Sauce on the bottom of a hamper. Your bare feet swinging wild and free. Under your IKEA scars to work table. Your slouchy Henleys underwire bra. Nice jeans and dry clean only designer tops. Now shunted to the back of the closet, like in rich polonium. I'm, I'm, I'm baffled. I don't have words for this guy. It's just, is that you're laughing at me sat there comfortable in your yeah. home. Because his argument is yeah. essentially, I don't want you to feel comfortable in your home. That's essentially what it is. Like, is unprofessionally comfortable. And I get it. If you work in a nice place or you have a uniform, maybe dress up a little bit. But I, one of my favourite things uh, about big companies, at least, in regards to dress sense, is the people who tend to dress... Uh, the most casual and relaxed are the owner of the company and the IT guys. <laughs> so the guy who runs everything and doesn't give a fuck and the people who basically keep the entire business running. Yeah. Everyone else has to dress up. Which is really so funny. Bad. So, um, and then, oh, are you ready for this, Lucas? If you thought pretension... Uh, uh, I was about to say thanks, because I'm so used to recording videos like this. I was, I was about waiting to do, for Carl I was about to, like, to pause and say, let's retake that line. <laughs> oh, God, I'm rusty. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so if you thought, oh, man, yeah, we've been recording videos like this. So, oh, man. That, oh, God, that's a, that's, a, that's a deep cut. <laughs> that's a deep cut. Oh, God, I'm so sorry, folks. So we will get better, I promise. I say to everybody. So 
Um, if this sounds somewhat familiar, so I was going to say, like, if you thought he was being pretentious before, you wait for this line. If yeah. that sounds somewhat familiar, you probably don't need the structure and reassurance of the daily armour donning to mark the start of your work day. Good on you for not being so rigidly ritual bound. But think ahead just for a minute to that day, weeks or maybe even months away, when it's finally time to put away the stretchy pants, find a pair of socks that match, and feel the burn of re-entering the workplace. What masochist invented a collared shirt? Where did you even put those belts? Who knows? What do I? What I know is that I'll be all armoured up and ready to go. And you'll probably be going to feel like you're shrugging into a straitjacket and won't be able to take it off for five days. What? See, this guy is 100% wrong because one of the best things that's probably going to come out of this awful situation is so many people are going to realise that a lot of established uh, just things for the workplace are complete horseshit and we don't have to do them anymore. Exactly, yeah. Like no one after after this, nobody is going to go go back to work and get told to put on a shirt because I have done my job remotely from home to a satisfactory level in my underwear. The fuck are you telling me I need to go buy a shirt? <laughs> and that's the thing as well. Like I think a lot of things are going to change in terms of just the the idea of people not being able to work from home as well. That's gonna be great. It's fantastic. Join us. Join the revolution. It's fantastic. It's like, I don't understand what argument company is going to have at the end of the day when you turn around and go, I want to do some work from home you now can't. that we're back in the office. It's like, well, you can't. Why not? I don't know why they would. It's, it works out better for everybody because it stops you from having to commute in. Mm-hmm. It saves on fuel. It's good for the environment. It saves the company money because they don't have to maintain an office or pay to be there. Yeah. It's, better, it's better for morale because it makes you feel better because mm-hmm. you're in your own home and you're comfortable. It saves everybody money. The only people who are going to be like this guy here, who he just, he needs it. He needs that thing. He needs to be told what to do. That's, that's really the... what this reads to me as so far is, this guy is going to struggle without a ritual and a routine. Which is a, an argument I kind of get. But, Lucas, now we're moving on to the second section, which is respect. Oh, just before we move on, okay. I just want to know what this guy lives like if... Every bit of clothing that he hasn't worn in the past month is like dead to the world and he can't wear it and he can't find it. Like, where does he live? I don't know. It's He's just straight. acting as if like, oh, my, my shirts have disappeared into the ether because I haven't put them on in two months. Or the idea that people will be like, oh God, I don't want, that people won't be putting on jeans and stuff. I don't know how to wear jeans anymore, Carl. Like, oh, people are God. still going to be putting on like some semblance of, I guess, to use my proper clothing to go out and if they're not who gives a shit yeah. I'm glad that the boundaries of what's acceptable are starting to like just melt away yeah because I remember there's um, there's local paper when I lived in Scunthorpe during college there was a headline that would always be on the front of the paper and it would be local mums getting yelled at by other mums mm. for wearing pyjamas to drop their kids off oh fuck off and it'd be an argument where you get the snooty, posh mums who've got nothing better to do, mm-hmm. just snidely making comments on um, social media and complaining to the school yeah, about yeah. mums dropping their kids off in their pyjamas and not getting dressed up to drive to the front of the school gates, have their kid climb out of the car and walk in. Yeah, and then what, what are they going to do when they get out? Like, they're literally going to go back home and, like, you know, I presume do whatever needs to be done around the house or go shopping or whatever. Like, But all they're going to do is let their kids out of the car and drive back home. And especially, I remember my mum getting pissed off at that. She worked nights. 
and she had someone yell at her for it. Oh, and, like, give her a load so of shit about like, have you got no fucking respect when I work nights looking after elderly people go fuck yourself like I've literally come home got the kids out of bed took them to school and I'm gonna go home and sleep like piss off yeah and that was something that always stuck in my mind of it's the same energy that this guy yeah. has of yeah. judging other people because oh man how like, it's just I don't know how you get out of, I don't know how you can just be seen wearing that because oddly enough my Ego isn't fully hinged on at people's outward uh, view of my appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have the confidence to not be fully dressed up. It's like it takes confidence to do it. Oh yeah. It takes yeah. swagger because I always say one of the most confident people I've ever seen was a lady who would walk her dog. Uh, she walked it around the same time we were just getting out of school, and she'd just walk her dog in her pajamas. Yeah. Did not give a fuck. She had this massive. Like, it was the most adorable dog I've ever seen. Massive fucking dog on his lead with pyjamas. Didn't give a fuck. It's great. I love it. It's kind I mean, of energy you need, Carl, man. Like, I live in, you know, the, the lovely city of Liverpool. Oh, that's it's great. it's socially acceptable to walk around in pyjamas with rollers in your fucking hair to get ready for the night out. And you know what? Those girls all look amazing when the night comes. It's almost yeah. like you should just let people do their own thing. Yeah. And I'm wondering if this guy would be similar to those just stuck-up women dropping their kids off at school who'd just really snootily make snide comments. I'd assume so, it, yeah. Which is really strange. So we've got here, this is the, the headline, Respect. So remember how shocked everyone was in June when the then-candidate Andrew Yang turned up to the first democratic debate without a necktie? How bonkers people went on that fateful day in 2014 when President Barack Obama had the audacity to wear a tan suit. Your muscle tee and dolphin shorts look... The one that you're wearing trying to navigate Zoom from your home office is kind of like that. It doesn't matter, but at the same time, it kind of does. So he's comparing working at home in a like makeshift office to running for president now. Not to mention the two examples that he used. Um, the Barack Obama one especially is seen as being one of the most hilarious overreactions from <laughs> the uh, political right. Because all yeah. it was, is literally just wore a tan suit. That was it. And Lucas, oh, if you're not familiar with the image, can you just Google on your computer now, just Google Barack Obama or Obama tan suit and just tell me how fucking fly Obama looks in that suit. He looks really good. Yeah, it's a really cool suit, isn't it? But that was an yeah. entire controversy because something to do with the colour was seen as not being presidential. And there's even, I'm shit you not, because when I first Googled it, there is a Wikipedia page titled The Obama Tan Suit Controversy. Oh, my God. Oh, people need to get a life. Yeah. He's literally uh, in a full suit looking professional. Yep. And looking good while he does it, because he's Obama. And people are saying, yeah, it's uh, it's unpresidential, which is really funny to think. that one. Like, this was a huge deal for like three weeks. Like Fox News ran with it every day for a week. And just think about that in just comparisons what's happening right now yeah and have you seen the thing going around twitter like over the last couple of days or the day last day have, has anyone noticed how high president trump is during all these meetings uh yeah because he looks really fat no no as in his um eyes are dilated to fuck in front of bright lights oh okay it's probably because he's not feeling very well and everyone's just like oh yeah uh it's probably like the adderall that he takes every day or something like this um... but that's not something to talk about yeah, but there's um really to, before we move on, there's something really interesting about Trump suits where 
he's a billionaire and he mm-hmm. owns a suit company and there's this really this pervasive like what if he he's so rich why do all his suits look so shit yeah because his suits don't fit if you look at anything his suits don't fit him properly no they don't and no. it turns out he actually has them tailored that way to hide how fat he is that does not surprise yeah, me he has based them, on his appearance he has them tailored to be too big to conceal his gut. And if you look at photos of it, have you ever seen the photos of him stood from the side where he leans forward as he talks? No. He leans forward as he talks so his clothes hang down so you can't see his gut. And then he has really long sleeves, like overly long sleeves to cover up his hands because he's embarrassed about how small his hands are. Oh, man. And, and then, I think uh, about that. And then you, you know. see that picture of Obama looking fly as fuck. <laughs> and as well, uh, like, you know, Donald Trump is also the person that colours his face orange to make us think he's got a tan, so, you yeah, know. I, I would love to see him wear a tan suit and then to see all the fucking fake tan marks on his uh, collar. And the <laughs> other one, Andrew Yang, uh, he was a Democratic hopeful uh, during the um, the lead-up to this year's presidential election, and he didn't mm. wear a tie on stage. And again, you had those those pearl-clutching, hand-wringing motherfuckers like, it's so unpresidential for him to not to wear a tie. It's like, who gives a fuck? Honestly, I wouldn't care. I actually, I respect someone more for not wearing a tie. Yeah. Unless the tie had a big fish on it. Do you know those tie that's just a fish? Or a keyboard? <laughs> if someone yeah. wore that, yeah, that's fine. But other than that, I don't really like the look of ties. Uh, I, I'm not a, a fan of, like, old-fashioned big ties. Oh, they look stupid. Like footballers' ties that are wider than the red. Yeah. <laughs> Looks so fucking dumb. Oh, so there we go. In the best-case scenario... I say. Uh, so Adam continues, in the best case scenario, deviating from your expected workplace dress code will lend you an air of calculated insouciance. I don't know how that word is pronounced, uh, but it says here, devil may care individuality. But we all know those cargo shorts, second skin jeggings with the ripped knees, camouflage print, duck dynasty hoodies and sports bras and not safe for work t-shirts. Yes, even that one of Johnny Cash flipping the bird aren't going to exactly, aren't exactly going to telegraph calculated insouciance. I don't even know what that word means. I'm going to Google it. Yeah, give it a Google. I hate when people do that. I've heard that word before. I've heard it before, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Oh, um, lack of concern. So, Um, yeah, devil may care. It's just. Yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, Blase. Mm hmm. Uh, Laxadaisical nature. Just like, yeah, whatever, man. It's cool. It's like. I'm more concerned about the fact there's people dying every day than the fact that, oh, well, I went on a video call with Carl earlier. And he wore a t-shirt instead of a shirt. So who cares? If anything, this all proves that the clothes don't actually do anything. I know there's the phrase like clothes maketh man. And there are some situations I'd argue you should dress up, like a wedding and things like of that nature. Oh, definitely, yeah. In in a formal situation like a wedding, I would never argue against wearing a suit. And other ones like say um, service industry, maybe like not casual service but if you when you get to a certain level of service there's a level of decorum expected and just a prim and proper suit or just being dressed nicely yeah yeah uh, sure just helps it helps sell the atmosphere yeah but um adam continues and if your job comes with an explicit dress code it stands to reason that you should adhere to that strict dress code when you are doing your job whether you're going to be visible to your boss your co-workers or customers it is not only a sign of respect, it demonstrates your ability to follow the rules when no one is watching. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If you I disagree mean, on is... this... Now, Lucas, wait. If you disagree on this, you're probably the kind of person who, late at night, when no one is around, doesn't wait for the stoplight to change before driving. So he's comparing the thing of this line of thinking with you probably commit crimes that endanger lives. Yeah. 
He's like, this is the thing. If like, you he... don't put a, if you don't put a suit on when you're working from home, then you probably like don't drive safely as well. You owe it to your boss to wear a suit when you can't see this. It get it's the same fucking energy. Yeah, as the bosses I've had in the past, where it's okay, Carl. What I want you to do today is go into the kitchen and do the pots. Like, you're KP today, like kitchen pottering. So mm-hmm. you're going to spend all day elbow deep in warm, fetid water filled with um, food. And I would ask, every, and I would ask, can I get changed? Can I just go downstairs and grab my, my casual clothes and just put my T-shirt on so mm-hmm. I don't get the nice pressed shirt you make me wear to be front of house? And the answer was always no. Because a customer might see. This what? Oh. Fuck you! Oh, that's awful. God damn it, man! Oh, it annoys me. The thing of like, you owe it to your boss. It's like my boss can suck my bell end. And I'm also, pay- I would say most um, quote unquote bosses that I've seen on video calls like have not been wearing official attire anyway. It's so dumb. But just that thing, you can see how smarmily it comes with, like, you owe it. It's like, you, you pee on, you owe it to your boss. Oh, it's so It's, it's, it's just a, it just shows disrespect. Do you remember Randall from Recess? <laughs> like, totally sucking up to the people in charge of, like, yes, did I, did I do good? And, like, worm tongue in it. Yeah, I was thinking, like, worm tongue, yeah. It's like whispering in it, did I do good? Or worm tail, sorry, from Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, totally sucking up to the guy in charge, like, oh, did I do good? I'm wearing a suit for you today. Do you see me wearing wearing a nice shirt in the Zoom call? I don't give a fuck. Did you get your article submitted on time? Yeah, okay, I'll speak to you tomorrow. I'd love that if it was, um, oh yeah, did you get your article done for today? Oh no, because I had to wake up, get showered and suited. Well, I needed that fucking article though, didn't I? Yeah, I don't pay you to dress up nice. I pay you to do the job that, yep. you know, you, you applied for. Anyway, so now we move on finally to reality. So I'm guessing this is where we get all, we get a big old slap of reality. Maybe what bothers me the most about the enthusiastic embrace of grubbing about the house clothes, particularly in instances where we brought face-to-face with our bosses through the miracle of video teleconferencing, is that each time the camera goes live, another tiny crack appears in the carefully constructed facade of our day-to-day reality. We're given another inadvertent glimpse behind the curtain and see that the great and powerful Oz is but an old man pulling levers and making noises. What? So is he saying, like, we should all fake... How we are in real life to our like co-workers. His argument is basically, I don't like how my view of the world isn't right. Yeah, like I don't. But bear in mind, this guy's job is fashion writer, oh, so no, he must be getting doubly pissed off about it. He's like, no one really gives a fuck about fashion. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's seeing the obsolescence of his own career with his eyes when he realizes that the moment people don't have to give a shit. They don't care about fashion anymore. That's a very interesting point. I didn't realise like this was a guy. This guy was a fashion writer, and yeah, that puts it into a totally new perspective. He's just pissed off that no one gives a shit about fashion right now. Oh my god, I can't believe. Oh god, Luke, are you ready to get angry? Oh god, I was already right, a bit so, riled up. So scrolling past a photo of the Vogue editor in chief and Winter sitting in her home office in sweatpants, or turning on the TV to find CNN anchor Chris Kumo hunkered down in his basement, and here's the rub, recovering from COVID-19 and clad in a casual shirt instead of a jacket, dress shirt and tie, 
is as profoundly unsettling as is the black and white photo of Jim Henson holding a hand aloft up to his elbow in green felt in the undercarriage of Kermit the Frog. So, so he's he, saying that a guy recovering from fucking COVID ha, like, should not have the audacity to wear a casual yeah, T-shirt. He says it upsets him to see like, a news anchor, this position of high esteem in society where you expect people to be like, all suited and booted and looking professional. It upsets him that while recovering from a deadly fucking disease, he had the audacity to wear a shirt. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> like, what a fucking prick. What a bell end. What an absolute tosser this man is. Just. Just. Uh, just the idea of. Oh, it really upsets me that a guy who's recovering from a deadly disease <laughs> is more concerned with doing his job than dressing up. The disease that's shutting down countries. It's almost like his clothing isn't actually important and your job is pointless. <laughs> oh, man. From watching an NBA game to going out to dinner, so much of what we took for granted back in early March has been ripped away from us. Must we also suffer the indignity right now of knowing which of our co-workers prefers to plod around the house in a fishing vest and a pork pie hat? Who cares? Why do you care what your co-workers wear? I don't know. It, oh, oh. It's like, yeah, if they're rocking up in like a, a mascot outfit <laughs> or a furry costume and it's actually distracting, mm. maybe, maybe you've got an argument. But if a guy rocks up to the office in jeans and a t-shirt and he's otherwise clean and well-presented... Because I'd say, like, dressing nice and grooming are two different things. Yeah, as long like, as you're hygienic and well-groomed, I think it's fine. And that's that when it steps clean. over the line. Because um, I've not ironed anything that I own for nearly ten years. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't need to. I don't need to iron anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I've spoke to people who get weirded out. Like, what do you mean you don't iron your T-shirts? Like, who gives a fuck? I work from home. I'm my own boss. But don't you feel bad when your clothes are ironed? No, because they're really comfy, because I use a lot of fabric softener. Yeah. As long as they're comfy, I don't really give a shit. And I know what are my clothes? Like, I, I hang them nice, and there might be a few creases here and there, but does it really matter if it's a jeans and t-shirt? Yeah, the only time I care is if it's, like, my suit. And you can just see people, like, they, they can't hack, they don't understand. So, wait, so I remember... Um, for years now, you'll know this moment because I wear odd socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. Um, that goes back to an old boss of mine who got pissed off that I didn't wear black socks. Mm-hmm. So I took to wearing the most garish possible socks I could find. <laughs> and then after a while, I started wearing odd socks. And yeah. that eventually morphed into me. Just I, When I get a pair of socks, I wear them as a pair. And then I'll chuck them in the wash. And then when I'm do, after I've done my laundry, I'll ball up whatever socks are there. And then okay. wear them as they come out. So they might match, they might not. It just depends what... I'm pulling them out of the basket and just rolling them up. Oh, okay. That way. Like, I think I'd take it a step further of actively not mentally allowing myself to wear matching socks. Oh, okay. It's just something I think... Cause I like bright and garish socks. Socks are a fun thing that no one ever really sees. It's like underwear. Yeah. No one ever really sees your underwear. And there's someone who does. They're, but if you see my underwear, chances are you know me quite well. Yeah. So you know my personality. So if you see I've got like underwear with like hot dogs and stuff on them, it's like yeah, s- that sounds like all. Yeah, but if you if, if hopefully someone's seeing me in those, they know me quite well, 
and yeah. they're not too concerned with what they're on there. So I think <laughs> it's a fun way to just wear something that's a bit kooky and off the wall. Mm-hmm. I've had so many people get angry with me for wearing odd socks. Oh yeah, to the too, point yeah. where they've told me not like to cover them up, like at house <laughs> parties and stuff. If I'm just walking around in my socks, oh god, and be like, oh, you wear odd socks. Does that not bother you? No, I couldn't do that because well, I don't care. I'm not it's you. It's worse when it's like I don't like that you wear odd socks. Like, yeah. Cool. So I couldn't do that myself. It's like, sure, fine, I don't mind. I don't even notice anymore. And it freaks people out. And this guy is similar to that. And then we have the final line here. What is seen cannot be unseen. And someday, you'll all be back together, clustered around a conference table. Uh, Not by the sounds of it, we won't, mate. (laughs) Social distance is going to be a thing for a while. And everyone there, only starts a sentence with and, professional writer folks. And everyone there will know exactly what you're going to change into when you get home. Cool. Sure. You can wear whatever you want when you're working from home. However, I really wish you wouldn't. Who cares? I, I really wish you'd shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, it's fair enough. Like, he's a fashion editor. If he's telling people, like, if it was an article about what you should, like, um, proper workplace attire. Yeah. He's literally trying to tell people how to dress in their own home. He's saying, I'm annoyed that you're not all dressing as professionally as I am. Which is in a your completely house. different stance. Then just, right. oh, here's some things that are, like, professional to wear at home. It's like, no, I'm annoyed that you're not dressing like I am. You're not taking it as seriously as I am. If it was one thing, it was like, oh, right. I've seen a few articles of stuff like um, proper workplaces or fun ways to mix up the work um, uh, wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, ways to do that. Like, for girls, it's usually, like, um, here's a nice blouse you can wear. It's, like a, it's quite a daring blouse, but it looks professional if you wear it in this way. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I can see a value to that, but this guy is telling people, don't wear stuff in your own home. <laughs> can you imagine meeting this person in real life, and you like, after it's all said and done, you invite him around to your house, and he walks into your house in his shoes. Yeah. And then he has the gall, the cheek, the balls, to tell you that you're dressed wrong in your own house. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd be incensed, wouldn't you? He wouldn't be staying a mouth. I'd be like, you can get out of my house. None of that. But I just thought that'd be an interesting thing to talk because I remember that's um, something that came to my attention during the early days of a lockdown. And I remember reading the headline and having the same reaction I'm guessing a lot of people did, which is like, go and fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. And then scrolling down to see the replies and someone had gone and just taken a photo of him from his headline. And it's just him looking like a knobhead because this guy's telling you to dress like an adult. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh so good. Oh my God. And the worst part is, that is not even like in the top ten most horrible assholeish things that I've heard in the past month or so. Oh yeah, that's not even up there when it comes to, like hot, bad, terrible nuclear takes. Yeah, um, for working during the lockdown. So what? Go on. What's one swings to mind for you then? Because I think um, that well, was I just one I wanted I, to discuss. I wasn't specifically referring to like working, just oh, like okay. just all of the people you know. Doing things like protesting because they want to get fucking haircuts. Yeah. And I might put a hat on. And people going like, there was um, that, you know, like, horrible um, image of this woman holding, like, I think a sign that was like, oh, um, muzzles offer dogs and slaves, give us our freedom. Oh, yeah. Comparing, like, face masks that save lives to muzzles. That were put on slaves to stop them talking back. Uh, did you see the amazing comeback? It was um, I, I don't know the guy's name, but it was um, 
something I saw go viral for a bit, and it was a response from a soldier. Of um, yeah, I fought. I didn't complain when I was in a desert for six months mm. fighting for your freedom. Um, I guess you don't love America as much as you say you do if you can't stay in your house and watch wrestling for three weeks. <laughs> like, so the people who say, oh, I love this country more than anyone. So if you yeah. did, you'd listen and stay at home. Yeah. And um, speaking of like that that kind of attitude, Okay. I saw something recently. Um, so Bungie, the developers of the game Destiny... Okay, I'm wondering where this is going, but sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, so so this was just like, what happened was a quest came out and it was bugged and it was like Sunday night when they discovered the quest was like bugged and there was a glitch that some people couldn't activate it. Okay. So then Monday morning, the next day, like it was like 11 hours later, they tweet out, oh, okay, we're working on a fix for this problem. Now, like we've just got to the office, we're sorting it out. Fair and enough, somebody yeah. replied... Like, oh, finally, it's been 11 hours. <laughs> it's like, what? And then people underneath are like, imagine your boss calling you up at 10 o'clock on Sunday night and going, get the fuck in the office now. A video game has a problem. <laughs> You're like, shut up. It's like, fuck off. Uh, people really need to get some perspective on this. It's like, in regards to video games, the one I saw was um, PlayStation. Yeah. So, oh, two of the biggest games for PlayStation, uh, uh, Uncharted. The entire mm-hmm. Uncharted series, yeah, and then yeah. Journey, which was a indie darling and it massive was, yes. hit um, um, relative to like you know the budget and the size of the studio that put it out. Mm-hmm. He said, "Oh, you can Journey and the entire Uncharted series just free on PlayStation. Just for, stay inside, play some games." Yep. The yep. number of responses I saw to that to saying, "Well, why isn't it Grand Theft Auto? I've already played this game. Give me another game." <laughs> He's like, "It's fucking free. It's, it's like- free." So, not only was it Uncharted, it was like, yeah, Uncharted Trilogy. So, three Uncharted games and Journey, and they just went, here's them for free because of lockdown. Like, just here's something to play for free as a good gesture. Which we can bring into this very podcast, can't we? So, we could not talk about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, When we... As I mentioned at the start of the podcast, we um, uh, originally were with a company called Brew, and we managed to keep the rights to all of the um, podcasts that we had. And we just didn't really do yep. anything with them for a while because um, that's around the time you got brought onto the channel. It was, yeah, yeah. And you clearly obviously want... Like, you, not obviously, but you wanted to get into the swing of things on that. And then one thing led to another and we kind of just forgot about the podcast. But we were asked about it. Mm-hmm. I'd say probably on a weekly basis. Like, usually whenever we'd stream together, there'd be at least one or two people who'd say, oh, is there anything being happening with the podcast? I liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd get a few emails here and there from people asking, are you ever going to do any more? Are you ever going to release the uh, the podcast that you had? Mm-hmm. And we randomly just got around to it around a week and a half ago. It's like, let's just get what we can, scrape it together and just get it on Spotify. Yeah. And I thought Spotify, because it's a service that I presumed everybody was at least aware of, if not had on their phone. Um, it's I'd say the closest thing to like a ubiquitous free service in terms of like, Music and podcasts. Yeah. You think music, Spotify, it's pretty closely related to that. It's almost synonymous with it. And mm-hmm. it works on every device. You can have it on your laptop. You can have it on your phone, whether it's an Android or an Apple. Um, you can put it on your fucking TV if you want. You can have it on your Xbox. Yeah, so it's I pretty much that. everywhere. And again, it's free to download no matter what platform you're on. And to my knowledge, it's a generally trusted platform. Mm-hmm. Maybe like, there's some uh, stuff that's not too 
um, great in regards to how much they pay artists. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. never really heard many complaints about the player itself, mm-hmm. or the actual service, or the quality of the service that they provide in regards to like the the music that you can listen to and stuff like that. So I thought, no, that'll work. We'll put it on Spotify. Within about three, four, five minutes of us <laughs> announcing, oh, here's every podcast we could save on Spotify for free. Yeah. We got people responding, why is it not on insert service? And it was it was A, very shocking to see, at least for the first five, ten minutes, like the responses, many of them were like, this is amazing, thank you. And then, but a notable portion of them were just, why isn't it on X? And the thing was, it wasn't just like one platform people wanted. It was a selection of like four or five different platforms. People also wanted it on immediately. Why is it not catered exactly to my own my, um, specifications? Yeah. So, you know, we, we did it for a general audience and people got mad. And it was really, really like not disheartening, but just... You do this nice thing, and you're like, yeah, I feel great. It's 50 hours of free content for the audience, and the first response you get is, I don't like it. And it's like, yeah. oh, but, <laughs> it gets like, you. you. You say it's not disheartening, but it kind of was for me to turn around and go, like, oh, Carl, like, this awesome, we're already tweet about it now. You spent like, all so evening So many people are going to be happy that. about this. Loads of people are asking for it, and immediately you get people complaining. And I was just like, oh, okay. So we just yeah. did that for nothing. It's, oh, thanks. Great. I feel fantastic. Just uh, <laughs> get And obviously, you. like, we are sitting here doing a podcast. We didn't think it was for nothing. And we still know that that is a vocal minority. But it's a, a very, like, annoying and disheartening thing to see when you're just like, here's a good, like, you know, a nice gesture. And people immediately dump on it. And just go, but why is it not? better why is there not more stuff on it and the operative word in the sentence you said there is vocal because it is mm. very vocal and it is it's the first thing that you see yeah and there are studies i believe out of that show uh, negative uh, feedback and just, um, just negativity in general tends to stick in people's minds more it does yeah which is why you can have a sea of positive feedback on something and then the single bad thing that's said will stick in your mind and that is true for every like walk of life like you get actors at the absolute top of their field earning millions of dollars who get hung up on negative reviews so yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's by yeah. no means a unique thing but it, it was um, a, a curious thing to experience it Just, was oh man and that goes hand in hand with the people like oh PlayStation here's some free games literally just free just download and play yeah. them and why isn't it X? It's like, oh, God damn it. It makes you want to just not give it. It's like, well, you know what? No one gets anything. Yeah, I'm taking it back now. Fuck you. Because uh, it's similar energy to when you see... Uh, some of that happens a lot in fiction. And to a lesser degree, reality TV, which is basically fiction. Mm-hmm. It blurs the line between reality and fiction, where you have uh, someone get given a present and just go, oh, thanks. Like, Joe Super Sweet 16... And those kind of shows oh, yeah, yeah. where you get a spoiled brat given is a car and they complain because it's the wrong colour. Yeah, and then you get like videos of kids online where it's like, oh, um, like opening up a present. Like, is it an iPad? Is it an iPad? Is it an iPad? Well, it's, the, it's not the new iPad. And what the fuck? Sc- having a and screaming tantrum. And you're like... Oh, it's... Yeah. And that's the thing. I think it's... Very um, 
fitting that both of our examples were essentially children <laughs> screaming. Yeah. So I want you offered me thing, but I wanted other thing. Why I is it not this other version. thing? I wanted other thing. Well, I didn't want to do other thing. I thought about doing other thing, but I thought about I, instead I did thing. But why not other thing? I'm not getting paid. Uh, and if I'm not getting paid, I'm, I don't care. <laughs> I don't think so. Like... I, I love my job, and I love that I get to chat shit with my friends for a living and earn a good living doing it. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to fucking do shit for free. And if it's if it's done, being done for free, you get what you're fucking given. I think that is something important to clarify for anyone that doesn't really like understand what what we're talking about when we say that. Like, um, so Spotify is a service for podcasts that literally just gives someone a place to listen to it. Yeah, so like essentially, Cole pays monthly to host our um, podcast on an RSS feed, which you don't really need to know what that is. Basically, it's a place that we put the podcast, and then Spotify gets the data from there and just lets people listen to it through Spotify. Yeah, so we Spot- make no money from Spotify, but the benefit, at mm-hmm. least for the end user, is that Spotify doesn't run ads against our content. So you get to listen to this ad-free. Ad-free as well, a, yeah. Which I thought was a nice um, bonus, but apparently not. It's not and that um, means... That Carl, instead of actually earning money doing a podcast right now, is paying for the podcast to be hosted monthly. And then paying, paying me appear. to appear and edit on said podcasts. And, and then losing two hours of my own day. So yeah, which I could have spent time and money video. doing this. Yeah, because I enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy doing it because it might not sound that way when I'm complaining, but it's that thing of that just with that moment of just like oh. Everyone feels good doing that. It energizes you to a degree. And everybody needs that moment. So would you like to also experience a moment of just getting righteously angry, Lucas? Oh, God. Oh, well, God. What are you bringing st- to me now, Carl? Well, no, it was just another story I, th- I wanted to talk about. It's something else that happened during lockdown. It's, um, it's going to be interesting to talk about. And it's one of those moments where you can just read it and go, oh, fuck you. Just saying with that dude. Okay, so okay. Um, did you follow at all the briefly um, lived internet drama um, big quotation marks around the word drama between Chrissy Teigen Maria Kondo and the food writer Alison Roman um, I'm not sure if I even know who all of those people are and I'm not aware of the drama no okay well we can start from the beginning we can start with Alison Roman uh, she is a um, author for the New York Times, so she's a columnist, I should say. And okay. she writes like food shit, here's some recipes. Uh, she's got a couple yep. of cookbooks out, things like that. Uh, Chrissy Teigen, uh, perhaps best known for being married to John Legend, but she also mm-hmm. does her own stuff, including cookery-based things. And she runs an Instagram page, which is apparently very popular uh, mm-hmm. in those circles. And then you've got Maria Kondo. Uh, she's the Japanese lady who tells people how to like declutter their homes and their lives. You probably saw the oh, memes about the, her. like, show that went round on Netflix recently. Yeah, does this bring you joy? No, it does not. So get rid of it. Yeah. And she's like a self-help guru. Mm-hmm. And the reason I love her is that the edit someone did of her holding a gun. And it's like, you do not spark joy, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> or the other one someone did, they put her as their background on their computer. And they've got like a thousand tabs oh, God. Just on their computer. And it's just like... And they tweeted after saying, does this spark joy? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's one of those really funny things. But 
Um, Tegan and Condo, they're just two nice ladies who were just doing their thing. And then Alison Roman uh, is up and coming in the world of cooking and like lifestyle blogging, that sort of thing. Okay. And there was an interview she had with um, the new consumer uh, about a new cooking line that she was going to put out and a TV show she was going to be heading up. Okay, uh, yeah. During which um, she shit just all over uh, Miss Tegan and Miss Condo, um, accusing them of selling out and specifically calling out Condo for, and I quote, capitalising on her fame and making stuff that you can buy. That is completely antithetical to everything she's ever taught you. Um, adding, I'm like, damn bitch, you, fu- you fucking sold out immediately. Someone's like, you should make stuff. And she's like, okay, slap my name on it. I don't give a shit. And uh, that's a criticism of uh, Condo selling things with her name on it when she supposedly espouses the benefits of a minimalist lifestyle, which is a complete misreading of what she actually teaches. The thing so. is, like, you... St- okay, so the idea is, like, oh, if you don't use this, it doesn't bring you enjoyment, don't have it. That doesn't yes. mean you don't have anything. Yeah, you. so you don't even know much about this lady. And from the description I gave, you understood her philosophy more than this lady did. <laughs> like, from that brief, albeit very poor description of what Condo's about, yeah. you understood her philosophy straight away. That like, it's not about... Getting rid of possession. It's about getting rid of stuff that doesn't bring you joy. Yeah, yeah. Like, if it's not something, it's the same way. I, I have a similar philosophy when I clear out my house. Where it's if I've not used it in six months and it's not vitally important, so it's some, like documents that I need. Mm-hmm. Get rid. If I've not used yeah. it in six months, I'm probably not going to use it ever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean throw away all your possessions. It just means if it's cluttering up your house and if the place that you live is cluttered to a point, it's making you unhappy. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of that stuff and. So apparently Roman completely misunderstood that and just thinks because she puts her name on objects, that's selling the fuck out. And then she also uh, continued shoving her foot deep, deep into the <laughs> recesses of her gob, um, adding um, in a takedown of Tegan, uh, she had a successful cookbook and then it was like, boom, lying at Target. Boom, now she has an Instagram page that has over a million followers where it's just like people running a content farm for her. That horrifies me, and it's not something I ever want to do. I don't aspire to that, but, like, who's laughing now? Because she's making a a ton of money. So, kind of brutal. I mean, is she laughing at somebody for capitalising on their success? No, she's criticising them for doing so. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, yeah, kind of what I meant. uh, So she's shitting on them for selling the fuck out, but but while simultaneously misreading what Condo's all about, and also... Uh, the stuff with Tegan um, gets just a little bit more delicious when I reveal an extra fact. Because you don't know these stories. I get to reveal um, some of the stuff that emerged later. Yeah, and I get yeah. to hear your reaction to it. But um, thoughts so far? I mean, it seems weird because didn't you tell me that she was doing it in an interview for like upcoming line of merchandise that she had? Yes, because uh, she's a big proponent of stuff like vintage cookware, which um, apparently all the stuff that she uses is unique. Um, I mean, I get, like, if she's if she's misunderstood what Condo's trying to say, I could get the fact that she's going, like, oh, well, Condo's trying to get you, tell you to get rid of stuff. And then I'm selling also trying stuff to buy my right? stuff. Uh, but she's also having a go at, like, Chrissy Teigen for having a line of merchandise and getting a good Instagram page while yeah. also trying to basically do the same thing. Well, this was an interview literally to sell her brand. It's an interview about the fact, like, 
She's moving on from being just a columnist to capitalising on her burgeoning success and turning that into her own line of cookware and um, a TV show. So it was an interview to sell her as a brand. Do you mean similar which, to what Chrissy Teigen did? Yes. And um, one of the things she's doing is she's, uh, vintage cookware is a big thing. So it's like spoons that... I think spoons... I remember spoons being mentioned a lot because she has special spoons that she bought from flea markets and stuff that you can't buy anywhere. And they're so good because they're unique, which is why she's now making them and selling them. Okay. But whatever. But, uh, Lucas, like, uh, that TV show I mentioned, right? So mm-hmm. that's what she's trying to do, yeah? She's yeah. Trying, she's trying to sell a TV show and she's trying to sell her cookware. Um, Marie Kondo um, didn't really respond because she's too busy. And I found out after the fact she's got a baby and a baby's massive and it's really funny. <laughs> I don't know what's got to do then, but she's got a baby and because she's like this tiny Japanese lady and her baby's like a couple of months old, the baby looks ginormous. So it's just her holding this giant elephant baby and it's hilarious. But uh, Tegan um, did respond. So we have here, uh, I'm look, reading a overview of this by one Vanity Fair. So Roman was initially pleased with the interview, sharing it on Instagram and thanking people who gave it a positive response on Twitter. She was also complimentary towards Tegan in particular. Writing at one point, she possessed a business savvy that is wildly enviable. So that was something people dug up after the fact. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> so she d- people dug up after the fact that she was saying, yeah, Tegan, like, I-, I compliment you on your business savvy while simultaneously shitting all over you for, <laughs> for doing the same thing I'm trying to do in this interview. But the backlash against Roman, particularly how she targeted successful women of colour specifically, was swift. Ooh. Because that's the thing, uh, Marie Kondo and Chris Teigen are both Asian women. Mm. And she didn't single out any like white women or white guys who yeah. capitalised on their success. Like Gordon Ramsay slapped his name on a whole bunch of bullshit. Oh, hell yeah. And she doesn't criticise him for doing that. Um, it's also worth noting as well that, I'm trying to find it, I don't think it'll be mentioned here. Uh, but in the quote she did of, uh, she did a quote from Marie Kondo where she put on, or if you read the quote as it's written... It seems like she's putting on a fake mock Asian accent. Ooh. Like, forgive me or please. Like, you know, like that level of oh, just no. taking. Oh. And the, the article got edited after the fact to remove that wording. But it happened after she went on Twitter and clarified that it was an in joke between friends about oh. a Polish cookbook or something she read that was misread and that it wasn't a racist thing at all. But then the uh, the original article... I'll see if I can click the original article, actually. Cause it, uh, I think it has the disclaimer at the top, which is probably the weirdest disclaimer I have ever seen written on an article. Okay. Because it reads like... I have never seen one like it, so let's try and find it. So here we go. Editor's note. Um, after publication, Alison asked me to remove one word from this interview. Two. And that was where I... That was basically this word, two. I'll need to find the quote. It's super nice because... Because when I read out the quote, you'll see, yeah, she's taking the piss. Yeah, because, like, without the context, the word two, I don't really understand why that yeah, so I'll try would and need find, to be removed. I'll try and find it. Because it's annoying, because they tell you what the quote is. They tell you that they took the word out, they don't tell the quote. So, oh, here it is, yes. yeah. So, she said, uh, while impersonating Kondo, please to buy my cutting board. Oh. So, which is uh, taking the piss out of... And you can, you can imagine, if I say that with a mock um, Asian accent, please to buy my cutting board. Right? You can see, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. 
Yeah, that that does not sound good. And they, remo- they removed the word too. So here's the editor's note again, so with that context in mind. After publication, Alison asked me to remove one word from this interview, two, that she thought might be misinterpreted. Bear in mind, she clarified on Twitter. Anyway, so late in our conversation, use a comedic voice to conjure what sounds like a tacky infomercial pitch. For the low, low price of $19.99, please to buy my cutting board. I put the line in quotes to emphasize. I, re- I agreed to remove the word as I did not want it to be misinterpreted. It's weird that she's, like, gone on Twitter to double down and defend herself, but then also gone to the author and been like, please take it out. And also, as well, they put it right at the end instead of the start. Because like I said, I have, I read a lot. I read a lot of interviews for researchers. Like I have never seen an editor's note quite like this. And I've never seen an edit made quite like this, where it's yeah. a single word made at the behest of the person being interviewed after the fact after they've already signed off on the article being like going up as is and as well it's uh, she's literally quoting her and now she's getting like a word cherry picked out of an actual quote it's like the point of a quote is that you meant to you know put in quotes what they said verbatim well here's the thing though then the editor's note says again um, after my edit Alison explained the reference on Twitter so I'll put it back <laughs> So they, so they cut it out to try and hide the fact that it really, really looks like she was putting on a mock Asian racist ac- racist Asian accent. Yeah. But then the guy noticed that, oh shit, she's referenced it on Twitter, so he puts it back in. And I have never seen an editor's note like that, where they take something out, but then put it back in. Yeah, yeah. After the... But it's so it's insane. I've like, said so that is... If there are any examples of that that's happened out there, I would love to know about them. I'm sure there's, like, been times where it's, you know, editors know person X reached out to us to clarify this, like, fact. But it's, no, it's the person, the topic of the article, like, the person who's in it asked me to edit something after the fact because it made them look bad. Mm -hmm. And rather than doing my journalistic due diligence and saying, no, you signed off on it, this is what you said, I'm quoting you as you said it, changed a quote. That's literally rewriting history. Yeah, that's the point of <laughs> quoting people is that, as yeah, I said, the re- it's verbatim to it's what, what they It's said. what she said. And it's like, no, but I've changed it to be what she meant. It's like, no. Like, there is such a thing as you can edit for brevity and things like that, but you have to include that in the quote itself. Yeah. Like, you have to make clear, like, this is a, it's a paraphrase quote, or um, you've probably seen, like, the little squares. Like, the, you get the square brackets around for words that were... Implied by context early in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, so the specific, like, in the specific quote you have aren't there, so you need them to understand the quote. Uh, yeah, for example, if people don't know what a car's talking about, so say, for example, you were talking about a cookbook, and then later in the quote they said, oh yeah, and it sold well. Like, you could put in square brackets, it's like the cookbook. Yeah, put the name of the cookbook, because that's what's inferred yeah. by the context. And that's the thing you can do, but you don't just cut parts of the quote out and then don't tell people. Yeah. Because the guy yeah. changed it, but didn't put a note in saying that it had been changed. And that it had been changed at the behest of the person who made the quote. Yeah, the fact because that they... it's a controversial quote as well, you are covering someone's ass. Like, that is not what you should, as you say, as a journalist, be doing. Oh, God. And that's super fucking weird, and it's really... And yeah, when you read out, please to buy my cutting board. And according to her, it's a reference to an Eastern European cookbook called Please to the Table, 
which my friends and I love when we say please to as an inside joke. That does not travel well. And you can so choose whether or not to it? believe her. But um, that doesn't sound like an Eastern European thing. That definitely sounds like... When, you, it's like when I put on that mock Asian accent, it does sound real fucking bad. Yeah, it... But the and thing the is, fact that she immediately I think it's got really it. bad as well, regardless. If she goes, it's an inside joke that I know doesn't read well outside of my group. Why did you fucking say it in an interview? Yeah, even if even if it's a completely innocent thing, the fact that you went and got the quote changed. Yeah. And then makes the fact it of the, seem like it's not innocent. And then the fact of the website itself changed the quote, which is not uh, a great display of journalistic integrity, without telling people and then clarify that it was changed and then changed it back. Yeah, which is amazing. So the story continues. Do aftermath. So um, so it was positive response initially, but the backlash began when she targeted um, successful women of colour. She became a trending topic by Friday evening when her comments elicited a lengthy Twitter response from Tegan herself, which read in part because that's how you quote somebody. Um, I don't think I've ever been so bummed out by the words of a fellow food lover. I just had no idea I was perceived that way by her, especially and Marie too. Marie is awesome. And uh, she also wrote, uh, it's been a crappy to deal with this all day, but I could not say something. I know the actual tears I put into the work I do, and it's been really hard to see someone trying to completely invalidate it. Someone I really liked. And this is where the story gets just kind of amazing. Because do you remember that TV show I told you about? The one that, um, is it Alison? Uh, Alison Roman, yeah, the one that she's going to be The on. one that she was making, yeah. And the one she's going to be heading up on, heading up. Okay. Um... Uh, just guess, Lucas, based on what I've said so far and the glee in my voice as I ask you to answer this question. Who was slated to be the executive producer for that show? Something Alison Roman didn't know when she said these comments. Oh, no. Was it Chrissy Teigen? It was Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> Chrissy Teigen is the executive producer for that show. Oh, yeah. Something that wasn't public knowledge because the show is obviously still in development. Oh. And Alison Roman didn't know this when she made these comments. Did you want to guess what she did when this little uh, extra fact emerged? Well, I'm guessing one of two things happened. Either the show was cancelled or Alison got kicked off the show. No, she's still on the show. Oh, really? But do you want to guess what she did on Twitter after defending what she said when she found out that, oh, God, no, the person I just shit talk is the executive producer on my show? Oh, okay. Did she come out and eat some humble fucking pie? She backed the fuck down. She yeah. backpedaled so hard and is, in, is issued about three or four separate apologies as of, right, as of the time of um, recording this podcast, yeah. including one. I, I need to try and find it now. Let's try and find the apology. Yeah, um, she attered Chrissy Teigen directly, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll read it here. Hi, at Chrissy Teigen. I sent an email, but also wanted to say here that I'm genuinely sorry I caused you pain with what I said. I shouldn't have used you, your business, or Marie's as an example to show what I wanted in my own career. It was flippant, careless, and I'm so sorry. So an apology, but the fact she's making it publicly, yep. I, I get a bit annoyed about. And... You might think, Carl, that's unfair. So let's go on to the second tweet in this series, shall we? Being a woman who takes down other women is absolutely not my thing, and I don't think it's yours either. Oh, so she has, like, tried to take down two women publicly, and then when she's, like, found out she's in the shit, has put it on Chrissy Teigen to not take her down. Yeah. That's essentially what she's doing. She's she's flipping it back on Chrissy Teigen going... 
If I you don't, don't yeah. want to, I don't want to bring women down. Do you want to bring me down? Yeah. I'm a woman. It's the thing of if you don't accept my apology, you're the bad guy. Yeah. It's that awful, wormy, slimy way of wording shit to make the other person in the wrong, despite the fact you were the one who wronged them. Mm-hmm. And it's the the line of being a woman who takes down other women is absolutely not my thing. I don't think it's yours either. In oh. response to Chrissy basically saying. I don't think this is a nice thing to do. And obviously, Chrissy Teigen's got five times as many followers as this one and yeah, is running yeah. the show that she's <laughs> going to do. It's just, oh, no. So you couldn't even apologise properly. No, you couldn't. You had to just do that dick move of turn it back on her. And if yeah. you don't accept my apology, you're you're just as bad as I am. Yeah. It's just, oh. Because now it's like, oh, well... If Chrissy Teigen tried to like take her off the show, it's like, oh well, Chrissy Teigen likes to take down women. Yeah, how, how I can't believe she treat me like that, a fellow creator. Yeah, it's it's really bad for her to use her platform and her. Even fame though to she's do that. just publicly shot at her in an article. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. Oh man, that's that's like that's broke my brain a little bit, Carl. Yeah. Uh, that was the thing that happened. I just thought you might... You know, that, that moment of just, like I mentioned earlier, just the, oh, yeah, you've got yours. I went and said, oh, do you want to guess who's executive producing the show that she's going to be on? <laughs> so, oh, man, I would I would pay some amount of money to have been a fly on the wall when she God, got that yeah. call from yeah. her agent or whatever, saying, do you know who the executive producer like, on your show is? Do you know what you've just fucking done? Yeah. It's like, no, who is it? It's Chrissy fucking Teigen, man. It's like, oh, man. You know what that is? That is the, like, online slash, you know, journalistic equivalent of talking shit about someone and it's like, they're right behind me, aren't they? They are right behind me right now, aren't they? It's, it's like, like, oh, oh God. God damn it. With that line of, uh, I'm not a person who takes down other women, when you gleefully took down them and made fun of them and accused them of selling out. And, then and it was all pe- fine until you it found out Oh, wait, one of them is, like, in charge of my fucking future. So good. And then uh, the internet, being the internet, went and dug up a load of old tweets from Alison um, where she's just really mad at Chrissy. Like, she's tagging her in stuff and not getting a response and stuff like that. Oh. It's like, oh, maybe there's some reason she's a bit pissed off about this. You don't hide on the internet, Carl. There's no hiding on the internet. You can't delete all this. But, yeah, I I just thought it was really funny. Just that thing of, it just emerged... Because I think it was someone else who worked on the show because Chrissy Teigen was quite classy in it and didn't actually say anything. Mm-hmm. But someone else who worked on the show, and I wasn't, this isn't supposed to be public knowledge, but I feel compelled to mention <laughs> for the sake of your career, this oh. woman is executive producing the show you're trying to fucking shill in yeah. this interview. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Like, here's a cautionary tale right here, folks. It's like, so we don't actually know what's going on from there, but um, a little addendum that happened as I've said which reminded me of this because I saw it in um, the trending tab uh, I'll just quickly just make sure I get the, the headline correct uh, but it is um, her food column has been taken down and she's been placed on temporary leave oh wow okay so we don't know anything more so this is a story that happened this morning if you might remind me of it but yeah she's um, she's on temporary leave and something that emerged after this because I'm not really into the whole cookery I cook I cook yeah, for sustenance, yeah. and the only time I ever really give a shit about what I'm cooking uh, is like, how much protein it has when I'm going to the gym that day. <laughs> and someone pointed out that basically this lady 
Miss Roman. One of the things that she's done is just take already existing recipes from Asian cultures, which is why people singled out, like, why are you only tagging women who are Asian? Um, she's taken Asian recipes and then just made them her own. And I'll try and find the one that she's done. So it's Alison. Oh, dear. And this this already doesn't sound good. Okay, so uh, she has here a recipe. It's a recipe that she claims is her own because it's called, I shit you not, Alison Roman's Internet Famous Chickpea Stew. <laughs> okay. So she's called it Alison Roman's Internet Famous Chickpea Stew. And wow. I'm not sure what the exact um, dish that it is, but it's been pointed out multiple times that it is literally just a, a, a South Asian dish that she's put a name on. <laughs> she's just taken three, she's taken some of the ingredients out so it's not as spicy so white people can eat it. Yeah, yeah, basically. And then told people that she, but basically I invented it, it's mine. It's, it's my it's my chickpea oh stew. Oh my God. Like, the fact that, you know, if you want to make a cookbook, obviously, it's very hard nowadays, especially with like, you know, being able to look up anything on the internet. Internet. It's very hard to not, um, you know, use other people's recipes as inspiration. Yeah. But the fact that she's just slapped her own name over someone else's an or recipe. An already existing dish that is... Um, a staple food of an entire culture and presenting it as if she invented it. I was going to say, like, even if she compiled a bunch of recipes and said, here's a cookbook of good food that I find enjoyable, that's fine. Don't call it your own recipes, though. It's not even that. It's, obviously, you can do variations. I'm sure like Gordon Ramsay's done variations on all sorts of stuff like that, but it's just the one of my, my internet famous stew. Yeah. And it's been pointed out, it's just a fucking... It's people eat this all the time. This is a event. common recipe. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. It's just so funny. Oh, but God. What a, what a great start. The twists and turns, man. Yeah. The fact like, that Chrissy Teigen was producing the show was amazing. That is like, what a twist. That is like the fucking nail in the coffin. It's so good. Because it's that thing of like, if you were writing this for a TV show to create like, the optimum amount of drama, that is exactly the kind of twist that you'd want. Yeah, that would be like the cliffhanger at the end of the episode. Like she gets the phone call. It's like, do you know who's producing the show? No, who? Chrissy Teigen. Like, oh god, oh, no. To, go- to be continued. It's like, do 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 do. Oh, like, like fuck it. The audacity. It's my. I invented the chickpea fucking stew. Oh man. Oh dear god. Like, like, it's also worth pointing out as well. Um, uh, Tegan did clarify after the fact that Instagram page that was accused of being a content farm is mm. run by me and two other women. Yeah. Like, we just we just like cooking. It's not and a that content thing farm. Is, like up until this point, I, I've, you know, briefly heard of both Marie Kondo and like Chris Tegan. Don't know much about them, which is why I need you to clarify, but like yeah. I've heard nothing but like good things about those people of just oh yeah, they're just like, you know, relatively famous women who were nice. Yeah. And that's the thing as well. Like, don't what if why would you shit on the adorable Japanese lady who's just like <laughs> I want I just don't want you to live in squalor. Yeah. Well, also I found the meme so I'm just going to copy it. I need to send you it because this okay. is great. Right, are you ready? Now, this what this put me on my fucking ass the first time I saw it. <laughs> 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 
It's just Marie Kondo smiling with a gun. You do not spark joy, goodbye. Just, it put me on my fucking... Oh, I could not... God. I couldn't handle it. It was so good. Oh, man, I love it. Got to be That's amazing. But just, like, I'm going to shit talk the person who's, who's literally responsible for my career. Who's like, who holds whether or not I'm going to be successful in their hands. Yeah. I'm going to shit talk her. I really don't understand what she was getting at either because... It makes no she sense. She seemed to be slamming people for doing what she was planning on doing. Yeah, I'll find the thing about the fucking spoons. Because I was talking about that. So here we go. Oh yeah, so, you were, yeah. So what do you think about products and or putting your names on a restaurant? Which was what the question that sparked um, um, the inevitable dunking, quote unquote, on... Uh, Miss Teagan and Miss Connor. So I have a collaboration coming out with the Cookware Startup Material, a capsule collection. It's limited edition. The few tools I design are based on tools that I use that aren't in production anywhere. Vintage spoons and very specific things that are one-offs that I found at antique markets. Um, here's a pro tip. Uh, if it's a spoon or it's any piece of cutlery or something that is used by thousands and thousands of people, it's not a one-off. It's just that you've got the only one you're aware of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people, like, people, factories making spoons didn't make one fucking spoon. <laughs> it's just that it's no longer in production and you found it. Yeah. It's not a one-off, it's that you've only got one. It's like, Carl, turn around and look at your show. You see that SNES that's vintage? Yeah, you've got yeah. the only one. Yeah, it's a one-off. I found it in a shop. <laughs> It's vintage. It's very specific. They only made one. So, uh, yeah. So, that alone is like, I don't know what point. And then it goes on. That would have to be done in such a specific way under very intense standards. And I would not ever want to put anything out into the world that I would not be, wouldn't, wouldn't be so excited to use myself. Like the vintage spoons that I own. So, spoons. Like she, she already says, like, I use my own stuff. And they're going to be trying to remake it. Like, it's quite fitting, though, given that she's just taken recipes from other cultures and made just poor imitations of them. That's the thing she's gonna that's the thing she's willing to slap a name on. It's very on brand. Yeah, that was exactly my thought process then. I just tweaked it like, hang on. So all she's doing is slapping her name on vintage products as well as vintage recipes. And, and just have. like going, Yeah, these are my own things. So I love my Le Cruchette Dutch oven, but I don't need to make a Dutch oven. I love my restaurant supply sheet pans, but I don't need to make a sheet pan. I love my fish spatula that comes from a baking company. I don't need to make my own. But she apparently needs to make her own spoons. <laughs> you can't get them anywhere, Carl. Yeah, you can't get them anywhere. I found them in an antique market. Do you think as well, it's just a fucking regular spoon, but the guy behind the thing saw she was a, a hipsterish white girl blogger and just <laughs> made up <laughs> some story. Yeah, it's a, it's a spoon. It was used hundreds of 50 years ago. They don't make them anymore. She's like, oh my God. This is the only one left. You know what? I need to find God, out. I need to left. know about this fucking spoon now. It's pissing me off. So Alison Roman... Vintage spoon. I need to see what this spoon is. Vintage spoon. Yeah. Internet, tell me about this spoon. Images. There's no images of the spoon. That I just like to imagine that got, uh, Carl is just Googling like the word spoon. No, I've just Googled um, Alison Roman spoon and it's not, there's no yeah. picture of it anywhere. I, I'm not sure whether that's like the right context to be Googling it. I'm, I'm trying to find it, but. I'm seeing some examples of just older style spoons, mm -hmm. but none of them really look like they would do any specific job better than a regular spoon. I think the only thing like that I can think of is just, oh, it's a nice like 
aesthetically pleasing design, like a vintage design. At which but point... It's not going to do a job differently than another fucking spoon. At which point it is exactly as uh, pointless as the things you're criticising that people slapping their name on. Yep. Because if it doesn't do a specific function better than something you can buy in a shop, why the fuck would you need to buy your version of it? Mm-hmm. And then obviously that led into um, a second question, a follow-up question, because there's a fine line between consumption and pollution, right? Oh, God, they use the word pollution. That's awful. Right? Is in polluting the um, the buyer's market with your shitty products. And then that led her in to say, um, I think why I really enjoy what I think, uh, I think that's why I really enjoy what I do, because you're making something, but it goes away. I like the idea that Marie Kondo decides to capitalise on the fame and make stuff you can buy, that it's completely antithetical to everything she's ever taught. And then that goes into the quote that I said earlier. But yeah, once again... Is not antithetical to it because what she's saying is get rid of the stuff that like you don't enjoy. And if you she makes a nice blender that you want, why not? Yeah, exactly. Like if that brings you joy and you use it, as far as I'm aware, that like still works within a ethos of keeping things in your house that you like to have. Oh, here we go. Uh, this is something that's been left out of. Um... I guess, recollections and recountings of this tale. Okay. After she shits all over Chrissy Teigen, uh, she says, I'm more interested in expanding myself as a writer because there's nothing more hipstery and up your own ass and saying, I just want to grow as a writer. My next <laughs> book is going to be narrative nonfiction, essays and short stories and stuff. Okay. Okay, I, sure. I, I look forward to those never going anywhere. Yeah. I look that, forward to them being as popular as Chrissy fucking Teigen. Uh, that, that's the thing, isn't it? It's what everyone always says. I've got the the, le- the next great American novel in me. Yeah. I can write the next... The thing is, the only reason I'm aware of this person is because when they were given the ability to go off script, they immediately shoved their foot into the back of their mouth and fucked up <laughs> and then wrote a really bad apology and seems to be have a really poor ability to um, communicate their feelings mm-hmm. and they want to write essays and short stories yeah it, it reminds sure. me a lot of um, a lot of like I guess celebrities or presenters and hosts and things that spend a lot of their career um, just working off a teleprompter mm-hmm. and then you see them work like naturally and improvise for the first time and either they say something like horrendously awful or they just don't know what to do yeah it's uh, it's been weird for me watching um like the late night shows because i don't watch them but if you're on youtube they will always be suggested to you all oh, right okay you, yeah, you yeah. can't you can't escape being suggested here's seth meyer or james corden or um, yeah like colbert i watch video game stuff so it's constantly like Jimmy Fallon or um, Conan O'Brien like talking about video games. You're, but you'll always have that in the periphery. If you if you use YouTube at all, you'll always be suggested those kind of videos because they're generally... Yeah, yeah. They make it into trending a lot, so they try and push it onto um, a wide margin of um, like people on YouTube. Yeah. What has been really interesting for me is seeing all the late-night shows that are now recording from the um, host's house... And their production values are worse than Fact Fiend. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I, I look at them and you see like the camera's not focused. Yeah. And the audio's terrible. Or they like Joe and they're skyping in. The mm-hmm. guests are being skyped in, on these yeah. late night shows. And this multi-millionaire has a worse setup than we do. It says and a lot. We, inten- we the, intentionally um, make ours bad. 
Yeah. <laughs> it does say a lot that the best produced talk show right now is the one set in Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. I don't get it. So I've been yeah. looking like, I'll just see the thumbnail and it's like, oh, Stephen Colbert is talking to John Oliver mm-hmm. and they're Skyping with each other and their camera setup looks worse than mine and I intentionally made mine bad on purpose. Yeah. And this is a highly polished produced show with millions of dollars and a team of hundreds behind it. And it yeah, looks worse the than the stuff that, that I fart out. Um, people might be forgetting that there's still a team behind that show. There's not. It's not like the celebrities have been given nothing, no money, and just been told like, "Yeah, do it yourself." It's like there's still teams of people. There's still a bunch of money going into those shows, and yeah, they look worse than they've It's like the one of um, Tiger King. We won't talk about that because obviously uh, that that's an adventure in of itself. But the final, yeah. the final episode they did. Which Joel the, like, McHale, special. Yeah. yeah, the special, which was a big bait and switch, and I was very mad. Yeah, so, oh, there's an extra, there's an extra episode of Tiger King. Shit, yeah. What is it? Oh, it's Joel McHale sat in his house talking into an iPhone. Yep. It's like my videos look better than this. And I get that they did the joke of like, oh, I asked them for money, and all they did was send me iPhones. Like, I get that they acknowledge it, but, but it still Net- doesn't make it like better. Netflix has millions of dollars in its coffers. And it looks worse than the videos I fart out. And I make them look bad on purpose. It's so baffling. Oh, man. The one that gets me, though, is... Uh, you'll love this. Uh, Naomi? I think it's Naomi Campbell. Uh, one of the few people to see this pandemic come in was Naomi Campbell. I believe it was. So, Naomi Campbell. Do, 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 do. Uh, camera. You've got to tell what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not... I'd... I'm right, not so. entirely sure who Naomi Campbell uh, is. She is a uh, model, supermodel, like one of the one of the OG supermodels, very famous for that. And yeah, because uh, I recognise the name, but it, it's not something that I'm familiar with. Well, the reason I bring this up is because um, I think last year there was a video starring Miss Campbell that went viral. It's her, uh, what she does before she gets on a plane, and the video shows her. She has a plane kit. And it's right. a bag that she has with her at all times or an assistant has on them at all times. And she pulls it out and it is just, it is a hand sanitizer, a mask, is sanitizing wipes and several like you know, plastic bags mm-hmm. to store stuff in. And her ritual before she will sit down in the seat is sanitizing where she's going to sit, wiping down all the surfaces, putting on the mask and then sitting down. And yep. this video is on her YouTube channel or uh, Instagram and everyone made fun of her for it. And she says, like, I always maintain a personal distance between myself and other people mm-hmm. um, to limit the uh, transfer of germs. And I wear this mask to uh, for myself and for the protection of others. And yeah, she yeah. got shit on for that. She's like, oh, what a diva. Refusing <laughs> to sit somewhere unless it's been immaculately sanitized and wearing a mask on a plane. What is the general advice from the government right now, Lucas, about what you should do? Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, is that one of the most, like, well-aged things that exists right yeah. now. She's been doing it the entire fucking time. And the reason yeah. I'm bringing it up is because she's still recording videos um, for fans mm-hmm. and like, on YouTube and stuff like that, showing off her dresses and things like that. And, um, again, I was going to send you an image here, Lucas, and it is something that people spotted in the background of one of the shots because people are wondering, like, how is she still recording during a pandemic? That seems a little bit unsafe, right? Well, worry no more, Lucas, because... Uh, you should see now, 
how she's done it. Yeah, I did see this image go around, yeah. So, describe it to the folks at home. Uh, so, it's like Naomi Campbell, you know, uh, showing off a, a dress or two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, she's basically like, yeah, as you say, modelling outfits. Mm-hmm. And it just says, I'm obsessed with Naomi Campbell's quarantine cameraman filming her for a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And in, like, the reflection of the glass of her staircase, there is a man with a camera in an entirely, like, full hazmat suit. Yeah, full PPE. Full, full PPE. Like, he's got face masks, he's got gloves, he's got an entire, like, suit on, like, protective suit on. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, her in her house recording a YouTube video, and this guy is in, like, full, full PPE. As he should be. And yeah. her output, in terms of the content she's been making for YouTube and Instagram stuff, has not changed. Because she has had that system in place mm-hmm. for over a year. And she takes cleanliness very... And like I said, it was this thing, it was passed around on the internet for a little while. It went like viral in some um, spheres of entertainment, particularly fashion. Of our, It's a typical diva behaviour. And little did people know, she was doing exactly what you're supposed to do. If more people did what she did, maybe this wouldn't have been a big, yeah. as big an issue as it is. What amazes me as well is the fact that it looks like, it's obviously um, a reflection in the glass, but it looks like the cameraman has a a big two-handed camera on him. Yeah. Like, that is, like, high-grade camera quality for, like, her YouTube channel where she shows off dresses. And I respect that. She's taking it fucking seriously. She is, yeah. She's taking it seriously. But she's not letting it impact her work. She's found a way around it. But, like I said, it's... It's really funny because when that goes hand in hand with that video that people dug up of her showing her routine and it's exactly what the government advises people to do. Yeah. It's like, make sure you you wear your mask, hand sanitizer, antibacterial wipes. And she even tells you the correct method to do it and shows the eye, okay, so here's what you're doing. When you've used the one wipe, don't reuse the wipes. You're just spreading around the germs. Put it into the separate bag that you can tie up and it's, it's, she knew. Carl, Carl, what a moron. What a moron, eh? What an idiot. What a prima donna. Not only to die of a deadly illness. I really enjoy watching um, like social media channels, obviously not speaking to people in real life, but seeing how many people, whether it's like something being shared or even like, you know, um, I say friends, but you know, social media friends. People that you know on Facebook that you just feel too polite to defriend, yes. Yes. And um, it's amazing to me how many people go, I can't wait to get out of quarantine and like, keep going but like go immediately back to like restaurants cinemas the park hug people like shake people's hands and all this and i'm like you can't wait to go back to infecting everybody again spoiler cinemas are opening it's gonna be rough uh spoiler as well gyms are opening i've resigned myself to the fact i I love going to the gym my gym's never opening again It's, it's not gonna open till at least september but people it's the worst place to go Regardless of when they open, people are so excited to go straight back to, I'm going to flood this place. It's the exact behaviour that made this spread so fast in the first place. Yeah. But um, I can't yeah. wait to touch all of my friends constantly. <laughs> Just touch my flood friends. cinemas full of people, not social distancing. So we can end on that then. Uh, we could, we're probably going to be stuck in lockdown for a while, and the next couple of episodes of this podcast will be recorded in lockdown. But uh, as a 
since it's the start of a new thing, so it's been a year yeah. since we recorded a new episode. Season two, I think, is the way you said it, yeah? Uh, yeah, so, like, I don't know if it affects anything on Spotify, but we're basically, like, I, I thought it might be a good idea to break this down to, like, essentially season two of Call so of Duty. Yeah, season two of the podcast after a year-long hiatus. It's very, yeah. very fitting, actually. We had 30 episodes, roughly. Yeah. And then we had a break. That's roughly how many you get on a TV show, so that, that yeah. works, I suppose. And um, let's look forward to the future. So we'll get out of the way now. What is it you are most looking forward to when quarantine ends? And when you are able to, and when we can return to some semblance of normalcy? Honestly, um, the thing right now, it might sound a bit odd, but um, just before quarantine began, mm-hmm. I moved flat. Yes, you did, yes. And as I've like mentioned to you, but you haven't been able to see yet because you've not been able to visit, so it was literally mm-hmm. just before lockdown... I've moved right next to a massive fucking park. Oh, which you can't go in. Which I can't really go to. Like, I've been going for, like, you know, half an hour at a time. And I can't just... I can't wait to just, like, go to the park, be able to, like, have a nice picnic, maybe go to the ice cream shop that's there, and just, like, enjoy what is literally on my doorstep. The, the weather is really nice. And you can just really see nice out of your location. window. Just I can see it right there, and I'm not just able to enjoy it since I've lived it's here. so brutal. I so do I feel worse for dogs. I feel so bad for dogs and little kids who aren't old enough to quite understand what's going on. Just looking outside and being told you're not allowed to go out. I've seen a lot of people talk like, you know, spread on social media like this is what is happening to like you know my toddler or kind of that age, like mm-hmm. you know, three to seven maybe, are just old enough to process the the world around them, but not old enough to like Understand. understand what is happening and it's just like oh well my my like three-year-olds getting depressed because they're not allowed outside and they don't know why and it sounds better my three-year-olds depressed but they probably would be it's like because their entire life that they remember they've been able to do that and then suddenly it's been told no for no know discernible reason yeah and it's hard to explain to someone who barely understands the concept of like i guess just other people existing in the world. So there's an invisible thing that means you can't go outside that you can't see. Yeah, I feel so sorry for them. And at the same thing, like, uh, so I think the one I'm most looking forward to, and it's probably pretty on brand for me, is I just want to go to the pub. Yeah. <laughs> but not specifically, I want to go to the pub and I just want to sit down with my friends and just have, I want, do you know that thing that, the Shaun of the Dead thing, let's go to the pub and have a pint and wait for it all to blow over. We can't do it. Because yeah, if we, we do can't. that, then we'll spread disease. Yeah. So the number one piece of advice we've been given by the greatest film to depict an end time scenario cannot be followed. No, it's just go it's, to the pub. It's what the virus wants. The virus wants us to Shaun of the Dead it. It would make the virus stronger if we all went <laughs> to the pub and waited for it to blow over. Oh, man. Like, one, yeah... That thing is that just the idea of like being able to just see people and chill out somewhere relaxing. That's what I want. There's people doing that already now. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I, okay. I, want, I, want, I will clarify. I want to be able to do it when this is all actually fucking blown over. And we've been and we've been told, yeah, you can do this, but be careful. But uh, to end on the amount of people. I have seen wearing masks. So wearing masks, they're, do, they're doing the due diligence, but wearing yeah. masks that are pulled down below their nose. 
Uh, which, why the fuck are you even wearing it? It, it just baffles me. And yeah. have you seen all, like, you, you must have done all the, especially American tilted um, scenario of all these men saying that they go would rather die than wear a mask because yeah. it's like, is gay to wear a mask or is, is like, oh, I'm going to look like a dork if I put it on. No, that's why they should just make the masks look like ninja masks. <laughs> if they made them look like Scorpion's mask and Sub-Zero's mask from Mortal Kombat, I guarantee you 50% of that would go away overnight. It's just because they are pastel-coloured and they've got the really the, the, the frilly little things that stick behind your ears. Yeah. Because they're mass-produced. If you made them heavy du- like a heavy-duty gas mask style or like ninja masks, that problem would disappear overnight. And that is a, a sad reality of humanity. It really then, is. Because you know, I'm saying that and it sounds like, no, that's not true. And then you think in your head, no, it is. Yeah. If they were just jet black and look like ninja masks, most guys wouldn't mind wearing them. I did see one go around. Of, I don't think it was like necessarily that this, uh, this man was refusing to wear a mask, but it was like, oh, uh, my dad or my granddad loves to wear t-shirts with wolves on them. So I made them a mask with a wolf on it. Mm-hmm. And if you just did that for people... So many more men would like wear a mask with a wolf on it. Because, like I said, that's all they need to do. Just make yeah. them jet black. It's like the medical industry, they, they've learned now. It's like PPE, they usually make it blue, they'll mm-hmm. make it black. If you make it jet black with red accents on it, <laughs> and put a tribal tattoo in red on there. Why not, yeah? And then just put Tap Out logo on it. Sorted. <laughs> and all, the, the, all those problems will disappear. The other one I've seen. And I was baffled when I saw this. Like I, I, I nearly burst out laughing in the shop when it was someone um, on their phone and they scrolled up, scrolled up, and you saw their thumb go up and up and, up and down on their phone a few times. They pulled mm. down their mask to use Face ID with their hands, pulled it back up, and they oh. continued walking. I was like, oh, no, what are you doing? No. And people oh, were wondering, why Why is that a big deal? The moment, the instant you touch the mask with your fingers and pull it down, it is useless. Yeah. It is, because the only, re- like the mask, it's not a magical barrier, that sort of stuff. If you ever, if you encounter COVID-19, it will get stuck to the outside of your mask. Mm-hmm. And you won't breathe it in. But the moment you touch it with your hands, you risk putting it underneath the mask and rubbing it on your own lips. Or if you pull it below your nose, you are now breathing it in. It's like, yeah. That's why you've got to wait and you're not allowed to touch it. It's why, if you ever watch medical stuff on TV or films, doctors aren't allowed to pull their own sleeves up when they're finished putting the rubber gloves on. They mm-hmm. have to hold their hands up and have an assistant put their smock on for them. Because yeah, yeah. they can't touch anything outside of the the hyper-specific sterilised area they perform surgery in. And if they do, they have to remove all their PPE and start again. That's how serious this shit is. And have you seen the people who have been wearing gloves and then, like, touching, you know, an item on a shelf in the shop and then touching their face and they think it's fine so they've got gloves on? Is no, like, no, the gloves are protecting your hands, not your face. Yeah. Well, the other one, this is the one I, I can't fathom it uh, is people pulling down their masks to say hello yeah which I have I have what I have de- I have not made, I have seen this mm-hmm. me too yeah pulling down their masks to say hello to someone it's like you, why why as soon as that mask 
gets loaded off your face, you need to get rid. You might as well take it off. put a new one on. And you, before you put a new one on, wash your hands. Yeah. Um, we've seen as well that uh, people are buying reusable masks, not realising you got to wash them. <laughs> uh, that again. It's like the, wearing the mask outside, coming in, taking it off, and then putting it back on to go outside. Oh, no. And then I th- and there was a couple of like troll things going around of um, save wear and tear on your mask by wearing it inside out <laughs> before washing it. <laughs> And it's like, you look at it and you go, no one's that stupid. No one's stupid enough to fall for this. There are people that are stupid. And then you go outside and see people pulling down their mask to use their phone and putting it back on. You go, we're going to die. And that's why I know for a fact my gym's not opening for another eight fucking months. Because <laughs> there is no way they're going to let people in. No. If that's happening. Oh, oh, it's amazing. But, oh, God. Tune in next week when me and Luke's... We're, event- we're very quickly going to run into the problem. We're going to run out of shit to talk about. There's not much going on in the world. There's not really not. Is it like news stories are floundering to find something to talk about? It's Maybe great. next week I'll bring up like you know a video game article for us to talk about something. <laughs> no, I, there was, I just wanted to talk about that because one, that very first article, um, it happened right at the beginning of lockdown, and I didn't mm. have anyone to talk about it with. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I saw it and I had that moment of oh, I really want to talk about this and like shit on it because that's the kind of thing you do at the pub or something like that. Yeah, and you'd yeah. all like sit around and you'd all laugh at it but you can't and you have that moment where you're just like you're giddily sat there going oh man I guess I'll save it and then that uh, Alison Roman one I saw the update to it this morning I went oh man Lucas needs to know <laughs> Lucas needs to fucking know but yeah well I appreciate that you've saved those things you know for a fun interesting conversation oh that's so great Lucas why are you not wearing a shirt and tie right now man it's disrespectful to me your boss how do you know I'm not Carl that's right that's true we're not video recording this but we're um, yeah I hope people enjoyed this one and people tune in next week but as per usual, um, yeah, have a great day. Yeah, thank you.